Today, my dear faithful, is the Vigil of the Nativity. And the epistle is taken from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his Son, who was made to him of the seed of David according to the flesh, who was predestinated the Son of God in power according to the spirit of sanctification by the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith in all nations for his name, among whom are you also called, also the called of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Gospel. <clears throat> Taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 1. When Mary, the mother of Jesus, was espoused of Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Whereupon Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing publicly to expose her, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in his sleep, saying, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Words taken from the Gospel of St. Luke. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. At one time, my dear faithful, there was a pious cobbler named Martin. One day, Martin was reading about the poor welcome our Lord received at his birth. The cobbler said to himself, If only I had been there, I would have welcomed our Lord into my home. Christ would have received the best of everything I have. He continued telling himself everything he would have done to make our Lord welcome until a sound broke his reverie. A voice right in his room said softly, Martin, Martin, look out of the window tomorrow, for I shall come. Martin looked around, but he saw no one there. He thought to himself, maybe my prayer shall be answered. Maybe that was our Lord who will come himself to me. He hurried around his home, cleaning the floor, rearranging the furniture. Finally, exhausted, with the house as ready as it could be, the cobbler went to bed. The next day, Martin hastily left from his bed. He was consumed with the hope, My Lord is coming, I must be ready. He dressed himself and walked around the house, making sure all was set, all was ready. Then he sat himself at his window, looking up and down the street, waiting for his divine guest. Soon he heard someone outside, but his heart fell back in disappointment. It was only the old street sweeper slowly making his rounds, cleaning the snow from the streets. Martin thought to himself, this elderly man must be cold, and so he called out to the street sweeper and invited him in for a cup of hot tea. 
<coughs> Gratefully, the street sweeper entered the home, and he drank the hot tea with Martin. But soon the sweeper left to finish his work, and the cobbler returned to his post at his window. In a little while, he heard another noise outside, and he leapt again to look, but it was only a woman shivering in the cold, holding a crying infant. Martin immediately invited the woman and her child in. He gave her some hot tea as well, some soup for both of them, and a blanket for the child. Soon the woman and child, grateful for his charity, left his home. The day continued to draw on until finally it was evening, and still the Christ had not come. But Martin anxiously waited, still watching from his window. As he watched, he saw a poor woman selling apples sit down to rest. A boy then ran by, and he grabbed an apple from the woman's basket. And so the woman quickly grabbed the boy. She held the thief fast, scolding and punishing him and calling for police. Martin jumped up, and he ran outside. He calmed the woman down, and he paid for the apple himself. Then he persuaded the woman to forgive a poor hungry boy, while at the same time he made the boy feel ashamed for his theft. In the end, the boy gladly carried the woman's basket for her and helped her sell the apples as they walked away together. Martin then returned to his home, but night had fully descended. After an entire day of waiting for his guest, he returned disappointed in his hopes. He thought to himself that it must have been just a figment of his imagination, and so he went to the fireplace and he began to read from the Bible. But then a sound broke the silence. A voice came from the corner of his room. Martin, Martin, do you not know me? Who is it? Martin asked. It is I, said the voice, and Martin saw the old street sweeper standing before him. It is I, the voice repeated, and he saw the woman with her child smiling at him. It is I, the voice again said, and he saw the apple woman and the boy holding the basket of apples. Then all grew quiet. After some time, Martin sat back in his chair alone again, but he was smiling to himself. So he did come, he cried out, and I did give him my best. This story, my dear faithful, this cobbler tried his best to follow St. John the Baptist's command in Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Martin prepared his home to receive our Lord as his guest. He wanted to receive our Savior with every mark of devotion, and that pleased our Savior immensely. Martin had a true love for Christ. He was ready to give everything he could to our Lord. He would have fit in very well at that first Christmas night with all those who stood at the manger. Every person around our Savior that night gave of themselves to the Christ child. Our Lady gave her love, her life, 
her flesh and blood to her son. St. Joseph gave all he could to guard and provide for the Christ child. Angels offered their songs and service as messengers. The shepherds lent their time, their wonder, and their praises as they spread the word of the birth of the Savior. But Martin, he did not live at that time. He was not there that first Christmas night. And yet, our Lord still accepted Martin's gifts. He accepted everything this unknown cobbler did for others as gifts to himself, because Martin gave out of true charity. Charity is defined by theologians as a theological virtue given by God, enabling men to love God for his own sake as the supreme good, as well as himself and his neighbors for God's sake. By charity, men love God above all things. This virtue makes God more dear to us than any other good. But that does not make us not love any other good. We still love ourselves and our fellow men. And charity is the virtue that makes us love these because we love God. God gives us this virtue of charity, both so that we will love him, and also so we will love our neighbor on account of our love for God. And the reason God includes both of these, both love of God and love of neighbor in the virtue of charity, is not hard to see. God loves the souls of men. He burns with such a fire for them, so much so that he descended to earth and became a man to save mankind. Through the incarnation, God redeemed mankind and gave them sanctifying grace. By this grace, by sanctifying grace, men become God's children. As his children, men are God's most beloved possessions, so much so that any good that is done to men for the love of God, God regards as truly done to himself. That is why the voice of God in the story said to Martin, It is I, when Martin saw the people he had helped that day. We too, my dear faithful, can thus give gifts to our Savior by the good we do to our fellow man. Our Lord told us, Amen, I say to you, as long as you did it to one of these, my least brethren, you did it to me. It is true, though, that it sometimes can be difficult to see past the appearance, the behavior, or anything else that we may dislike in our fellow man. Yet it is that difficulty that makes the gift that much greater. Martin, for example, saw only a lowly street cleaner, a poor woman with a crying child, a tired and irate apple seller, and a little thief boy. But that did not stop him. He gave each and every one of them his best by giving his time, his money, his possessions, 
by giving himself to them. You too, my dear faithful, give your neighbor the same. Even when, especially when, you find your neighbor difficult. Just as our Lord chose to be born, not in a palace, but in a stable, not surrounded by a legion of devoted followers, but a handful of poor, humble shepherds, not with an easy life, but surrounded instead by difficulty and sufferings. So he prefers us to show him our love by gifts that are difficult to give. And charity can be difficult. That little extra act of kindness, that act of generosity, that sometimes can feel like it costs us so much. But even the world today catches something of that Christmas spirit. In its advertisements, the world tells us to be kind, to give to others, to be generous around Christmas time, for that is the Christmas spirit. But the world forgets why. It forgets that we should have charity for our neighbor out of love for God, not because it feels good or is merely customary. We, on the other hand, do understand the true virtue of charity, and so we cannot let ourselves be outdone by the world. We especially must love our neighbor and show it by a constant practice of charity. In this way, we will show our God our love for him and he, for his part, will gladly accept these gifts. On this Christmas Eve, my dear faithful, and throughout Christmas time, let us welcome the Christ child into our hearts. Let us show him our love as Martin did, by our charity, our kindness, our generosity to our fellow man. Welcome our Savior, my dear faithful, by welcoming others with charity. And the Christ child will look upon you as giving gifts to himself, and as always, with the divine prodigality of the King of Kings, he will reward you a hundredfold. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.